Okay, today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Ruvain ben Leib Idol and Avram ben Peretz. May their memory be a blessing. Today's daf is daf Kuf Dalid. We got about 10 lines before the bottom of Kuf Gimel Amud Beis. Uh, 10 lines from the bottom of Kuf Gimel Amud Beis, 103b. Okay, so remember yesterday, in the Mishnah yesterday we mentioned that there are a, a lot of the dinin to do with ksiva, with writing. And one of the halachas mentioned, and many of the Maharaim hold, if you intend to write a longer name, for example, Shimon, and you write a few, the first two letters which spell out the word shame, Shen Mem, it still counts as, um, it still counts as the mitzvah of, uh, it still counts as the issue, sorry, the malach of writing, because you've done two letters, Shen and Mem, and it spells out the word. Based on that, the one, um, now, if you look, yeah, I, I don't know how on my iPad I was using you know, a laptop, it's easier, but yeah, if you look at the mem and the mem, you've got an open mem and a closed mem. At the end of the word, you should be writing it with the closed mem. It's the second row uh, towards the end there, the two mems. Now, the closed mem, so if you write it with the open mem, if you're writing shim on, then you'd use the open mem. If you're writing it, as shame, you'd use a closed mem. So Rabbi says, oh, we see from there that if you switch the mems around, if you write an open mem instead of a closed mem, it counts as a good writing. And he would allow you to do it like that. So the Gemara so he says, so the Gemara asks, they challenge us. It says, Uksavtem. It says, Uksavtem. And that means that the writing must be perfect. And I was going to give all of that you don't get mixed up between your aleph and your ayin. Ayn in alfin and your aleph and your ayn and your aleph. Bays in kafin and kafin bays in. To write a bays as a cough and a cough as a bays. If you look at the, the top, the, the bays and the cough, the main difference is the little, the, the part jutting out at the base of, at the bottom of the base. The bet. Gimel, gimin tzadin and tzadin gamin. Switching your gimels and your tzadis around. Dalsin ration and ration dalsin. Switching your dalits and your rations around. Hayin chitin and chitin hayin to switch your hays and your cheses. If you join the the leg of the hay upwards, the dangling leg of the hay upwards, then you have a ches. Um, vovin yudin and yudin vovin. Don't make your vovs yuds and your yuds vov. Zainin nunin and nunin zainin. Um, getting your vovs and zines again, very similar letters mixed up. Zayin nunin and nunin zayin. Switching the zayin and the nun sofit. If you look right at the end of the second line, it's basically a long zayin. Tisin um, peifin and peifin tisin to switch your tes and your pays around. Um, the kfufin pshutin and pshutin pfufin to mix. I guess this is the important one. The straight letters. With the bent letters. The straight letters would be like the re, the final nun versus a regular nun. Or a final chof versus a regular chof. Samchin uh, memin samchin and samchin memin. Getting your samach and your mem mixed up. Stumim psuchim. Yeah, pshutim, uh, kfufin and pshutim could be some other letters as well. Stumim psuchim and psuchim stumim. Getting mixed up between... The open letters and the closed letters. And 
Parshe Psucha lo yeshane stuma, and stuma lo yaseno stuma, and stuma lo yaseno psucha. There are two different paragraphs in the type of the Torah. One's called a stuma, and one's called a psucha. A stuma, the one you leave just a gap of, I forgot how many letters. I think it's 9 or 18, I don't remember exactly how many letters. And the other one, you have to start a new line. So, you're not allowed to get those mixed up, the type of paragraph breaks. And Sav Kosvog Shaira Oishe Kosav Eshashira Kiyotsebo. Sorry, Kosvog Kushira Oishe Kosav Eshashira Kiyotsebo. If you write it as a song or you write a song like regular writing. We know if you're, if you're ever some Sidurim printed like Oz Yoshu, it has those extra gaps between each phrase. So if you, what if you'd write the rest of the Torah like that? Or you'd write the song Oz Yoshir in the Torah like the rest of the Torah. If you'd write uh, it not in ink, not in permanent ink, or you'd write it in something, another color like gold. You have to bury them. They're not a kosher Sefer Torah. But one of the things we mentioned was that if you switch your, your psuchim and your stumim, like a mem and a mem, the closed one and the open one, it's not kosher. So how can so what was Rav Chizda thinking? So he says, no, who the Amar ki hai Tana? Rav Chizda was going like the following Tana. The Tanya, Rav Yudah ben Beseirah Omer, we learned in the Brisa that Rav Yudah ben Beseirah said, Neymar b'shaini v'nizkeihem b'shishi v'nosochel and b'shviyeh k'mish batom. But discussing on Sukkot, the Korbanos of Sukkot, on the second day of Sukkot, instead of saying v'nosocheho like the normal ones, it's veniska, like the normal ones, it adds in a mem. And on the sixth day, it adds in a yud. And on the seventh day, instead of kamishpata, it says kamishpatam, it adds in a mem. Hare mem yud mem, mayim. It spells out the word mayim. Rem is nisu mayim in our And here's a proof for nisu mayim in our Again, we know in Sukkot, no other time of the year, the only thing you poured on the Mizbech, well, you sprinkled the blood and you poured the wine libations. On Sukkot, there's a special water libation. So this is where he finds the hint to it in the change of the mem, yud mem, a mayim. And, but what do we see? Umida pasuach va'osu sosum kosher. The first mem is made from the word veniskehem, which is a closed mem. And he reads it as an open mem. Sosum vasu pasuach, if you take a closed mem and you make it open, kosher it would be kosher. So again, what's his proof? It's from the fact that in that special drosha, spelling out the word mayim, the first mem is learned out from a closed mem. He says it's clearly if you make a closed mem, if you make an open mem, a closed mem, it's kosher. So we should say the other way around. If you make a, a closed mem, an open mem, like shame mishimon, the shame there, it should be kosher. So the Lord says, no, midami, you can't compare them. Pasuat also sasum iluyu komalile. If it's closed, if it's an open mem and you make it closed, you've improved it. The Omar Abchizda says, Mem Samach Shebeluchos Beneis Ho You Owned Him. The Mem and the Samach in the Luchos stood there by miracle. If you look at the closed Mem and the Samach Mem, as we're going to see, the Luchos were carved all the way through. So, how do you keep the empty space in the Mem and the Samach there unless it must have been a miracle that it just hung there? But if you have a closed letter and you open it, you're actually decreasing its value, its kedusha. 
The final letters that make up the Menatpach, well, the letters that make up Menatpach, Sofim Omrom, the prophets told us about them, instituted them. Uh, there was one sort of letter for Chof, uh, for, for all of these, Mem, Nun, Tzadi, Pei, and Chof, and the prophets came and instituted the other type. But Tizbara, yeah. And which one's more logical? Well, by the fact that Rav Chizda told us that the Luchos, the Mem and the Samach on the Luchos were a miracle, we see from the Mem that it must have been the closed Mem that was on the, on the Luchos. No, please don't. Okay. Um, it must have been the closed Mem on the Luchos. And therefore the prophets came and instituted the open Mem. So to make an open mem a closed mem, you're changing it to its original form. If you make a closed mem, uh, uh, open mem, sorry, if you make a closed mem into an open mem, well then you're changing from how the it was written on the luchos to how they were told to how the prophets instituted. That's going down a level, so that that would not be allowed. Says Vatizbara, do you think it's logical to give that explanation? He says for hawks, if it's written by Elam mitzvos, these are the mitzvos. Shaina novi No novi is allowed to say something from now onwards. I once Moshe gave us the Torah. No novi is allowed to use the word to clarify the Torah, to tell us a mitzvah. He says no. What happened is they knew about the regular letters and the final letters, either Nun and the Mem and the Mem, the Nun and the Nun, the Tzadi and the Tzadi. They knew about them, they just weren't sure which one you should put in the middle of the words and which one you should put at the end of the word. When the Sofim, the prophets, came and told them that you must put the, which ones you must put in the middle one and which ones you must put in the other ones. But you must count softly. Very good counting, but you must count softly. Came up, baby. Um, um, so, a novi is not allowed to make anything new. Even a novi can't even come and tell us that this must be higher out. Um, um, hello. So, so, he said, so he says, no, rather what happened? No, they knew which ones were supposed to go in the middle and which ones were supposed to go at the end. They just forgot it. Um, and he says, This that Rav Chizda said that the Mem and the Samach were written by and were standing in the Luchas by a Nais, we have to come on another thing because Think of it, if you're engraving letters, well then you just make the Aleph etched in, and so too with the Mem Sofit, you make it etched in, and there's no problem. Where's the miracle in that it was etched in? He says, It could be read from other side. That's the miracle. It went right through. The word that you would have seen as Novuv on the front would read Bovon at the back. And Baha, what would have written as Bahar was written, you would see it as Rahav on the back, Soru Varas, etc. These words that are written would be, um, so one second, yeah, the, they would be switched to, um, you could see right through the Luchos. So now we understand the miracle. How do you get this, the middle part of the Samach to hang there, the middle part of the Mem? To just hang there in mid-air. And that was the miracle. Now, they ask Toysos point out. He says, none of these words, Navuv, Bahar, and Saru, 
are in the Luchas. So why did he choose these to give as an example of the words of how you saw them through the Luchas? Bring a word that was written on the Luchas. So the, I, I saw that the Matzpah Eitan says, the words together says, Nuvuv Rahov, Nuvuv Bahar Saru is an allusion to the hollow, the hollow Luchas, the hollow letters flew away. I, at the time of the Egel Azov, when Moshe was about to break it, the miracles departed, and all those parts, and all the letters just flew away. So that's what it's an allusion to that. That's why he chose these words. Okay, because mom for paper and pen, and you can draw. Um, so that's, a, yeah, so that's an explanation of that little piece. Um, and again, we so... It seems so. It would be problematic. That's why they're not happy with Rav Chista's teaching that if you that shame Mishimon, you can't make a um, yeah. So I, I'm not too clear how it concludes regarding shame Mishimon that you wrote it with a open mem when it should be a closed mem. Maybe either way you yotze because both of them are found as valid. But it did. But it did seem from the pricer that it would be. Oh, I guess he would be following. Um, yeah, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. The the end would be it's a machloikis tanaim. The one price says you're not allowed to switch them around, and if you switch them around, it's invalid. The price of Rabbi Yehuda ben Becerra must hold that you are allowed to switch them around because he learns the drosha of mayim. Okay, now the Gemara is going to go on a nice explanation. Not the only place where we discuss it, but one of the primary places where we discuss some of the meanings behind the aleph bays in the order. So Omri if this is the whole rest of the Amud is discussing the Aleph base. It says, Omri lay Rabbanon, le Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi, the Rabbanon said, Rebbe Yeshua ben Levi, Asu dardeki ha'idn lebe midrashat, v'omri mili da'afidu b'me Yeshua ben Nun, lo'i itmer kabel sayu. These young children came into the base Medrash and they were saying these things that even in the days of Yehuda, of Yeshua ben Nun weren't said. They were not only did they learn the Aleph base, they even had deep explanations in it. It says, Aleph base, the first two letters, Aleph base. Is represents Aleph Bina. Learn Torah, learn understanding, learn wisdom, learn Torah. Gimel Dalit, Goimel Dalim. That's referring to give to the poor people, be kind and do charity. My time of Shuta carried the Gimel Agabe Dalit. Why does it look like the leg, the foot of the Gimel is reaching towards the Dalit? If you look at the Gimel, it has that out, that out thing, foot stepping towards the Dalit. Kind people run after poor people. They look for an opportunity to give to Dokka. They're not waiting. I'm assuming that they're not sitting waiting in their car for a beggar to knock on the window and ask for something and then they get aggravated, but out of guilt they give it. No, they're looking for the opportunity to do charity. And my time of Shuta carried the Dalad Lagabe Gimel. Oh, well, then why is the straight part of the Dalad? leaning towards the gimel, as you see the leg of the dalet, it's not straight down, it leans back. It says, He must also make himself available. Don't, be, don't make it impossible for the one who wants to give tzedakah and do kindness. Don't make it impossible for him. And my time, Why is the dalet's back towards the gimel? To give it in secret so that he doesn't get embarrassed. I ideally... The at least the poor person should have known who's giving it to him. That's what it would seem like from that drosha. Okay. So, sorry, one second. This is not good. Put this here.
You put your paper on there, and you lie next to me and draw a cat. That's very hard. If you need that pen also, you can use it. Okay, um, so... Um, yeah, so you must make yourself of um, the the poor person shouldn't know who's giving it to him. As we've mentioned in the part um, in Baba Basra, there's another discussion of tzedakah, and it mentions the ideal way to give tzedakah is through a like basically through a gabai tzedakah through an institution. So the poor, poor person doesn't know who he's getting from, and the wealthy person doesn't know who he's giving to. Um, I think it could be that in the Dalit, by the Dalits back to the Gimel, you can see both of those. The Gimel doesn't know who he's giving to. It's the Peony sees the back of the person, and the Dalit also doesn't know who he's receiving from. Um, then it says, Hey Vov, the Hey and the Vov are the name of Hashem. And then, Zain Ches Tes Yud Chof Lamed. Hashem will give you. And the following brachas are based on the letters that we've just mentioned. Zayin, Ches, etc. He will give you sustenance. He will grant you favor. He will do what is good for you. He will give you an inheritance. He will t- keser. He will, that's the chof. He will tie a crown on your head. In Olam Haba. That's the lamed. It says, Mem Psucha. Mem stuma. Then we have the two mems. He says, Mamar posuach, Mamar sosum. The Torah is involved. It has posuach, open ideas that are for everyone to learn. And it has nistar that should be kept sosum, kept concealed. Nun kfufa, nun pshuta. There's the bent over nun and the straight nun. It says, Neman, someone who's a neman, someone who has lots of emunah, someone who's faithful to Hashem is humble, will be, is bent over, he se- often seems to be lowly in this world, Neman Poshut, but the faithful in the future in Olam Haba will be straight up, they will stand tall and they will be well known. Samach Ayin Soimech Aniyim, it's not only good enough as we learned earlier on in the Alephaz to give the poor people financial support, you must also support them emotionally. Loshan Acher, Simonim Ase, another explanation is, Simonim Ase, Betoira Vakoneoso. You must make yourself um, symbols to remember the Torah. That's Samach Ayin. Simonim Ase, make yourself uh, mem- uh, what's it, uh, mnemonics and acronyms and things like that to remember the Torah. Peik Fufa, Peik Shuta, there's the bent over pay and the straight pay. That's the, the the one curves at the bottom and the one goes straight down. Sometimes you must open your mouth and give the drosha. And if there are other people who are available, then you can close your mouth. You should be silent and let other people do the talking. A tzadi bent over and a tzadi that is straight. So he said, tzadi poshut. A tzaddik is humble and lowly in this world, but in the future he will be standing upright in Olam Haba. So it says, Hainu Neman Kofuf Neman Poshut. Isn't that the, that the exact same as Neman Poshut Kofuf and Neman Poshut? No, Hoisit Loch Akosuf Kifalt Miposo. It's to tell us that uh, to be a humble, per, to be a tzaddik, to be a Neman, you have to be extra humble. It's not good enough to be just humble. You have to be very, very humble. And Mikan Shenisna Torah Monud Rosh. And here we see that the Torah was given with um, with gravity and awe. Okay, carrying on. Kuf is for Kadosh Hashem, and Rosh is for Rosha. So we're towards the end of the Aleph base, Kuf Rosh is my time of Mahadar Ape the Kuf Meresh. Why is the Kuf turned away from the Rosh? Why is the Rosh 
backwards to the kuf. So he says, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Einan Yochel, Listakel, Berosha, I am not able to look at a Rosha. Well, my time in Mahadre. I need another pilot coin. Okay. Um, you can see what's in there. I don't have. That's all I have. I don't even have to get colors. I'm going to have to go somewhere else to get colors. Um, Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sorry, Hashem says, um, so he says, why is the crown of the kuf? If you look at the top left of the kuf, there's a little crown leaning towards the reish. It says, If he, retri- if he re- does tshuva, I will give him a crown like me. Why is the kuf, the leg of the kuf hanging? Why is it not open? It says, If he's... If he does tshuva, he can come back in, come close to Hashem. Why doesn't he come through the bottom? We don't need a hole. Let the, let the leg of the kuf be attached to the kuf. There's a hole in the bottom. So he says, no, Messiah is a support for what Reish Lokish says. What does the apostle say? He is cynical towards cynics. And to those who are humble, he gives favor. The explanation is if someone's trying to do bad, they open the way for him. So if he comes to purify himself, to do tshuva, then they help him. There's an extra opening for someone who comes to do tshuva. They come and they help him. That's what the opening in the the extra opening in the kuf represents. This extra level of assistance as given to someone who wants to do tshuva. Then moving on in the other phase, shin sheker tov emes. Shin is for sheker, and tov is for emes. I was thinking, why is the shin for sheker and the tov for emes? Maybe an aleph should be for emes. So I was just thinking that maybe because. Sometimes leaving out the last letter, leaving out a bit of the story, is a lie. The MS is a, it's a whole unit, the truth. It's not something that can be broken up and fragmented. As soon as you start breaking it up and fragmenting it, as soon as you start missing some of the puzzle, piece, some of the puzzle pe- uh, pieces, you don't have the whole picture of the whole truth. So MS is represented by the top at the end. Maybe there are other ideas why MS represents it. says why Tof represents MS. Since my time is Sheker, Makarvi, Mile, MS, Marake, Mila. Why are all the letters in Sheker right next to each other? They're the, they're the three letters. Kuf, Reish, and Shin are the letters that spell out Sheker. And they're right next to each other. MS is the opposite extremes. Aleph is the first letter. Mem is the middle letter. And Tof is the last letter. They're on the extremely far. It says, Shikra, Shchia, Kush, so it's very easy to find and come across falsehood. But to find real truth, that's hard. That's not common. Remember, obviously, we, are, we could be speaking, we're speaking about the truth of the Torah, the ultimate understanding, and coming close to Hashem. Well, my time is Shikra, Chadakarekoi, the Emes Lavein Livoina. Why do we find that all the letters of, um, of the word Sheker are on one leg, or like balancing? Whereas the MS, they're all firmly rooted. If you look at the Aleph, it has a wide base and another leg to support it. The Mem has a very long base and a thin leg to support it. And the Tof also has two legs to support it. Where if you look at, again, at the pictures, you'll understand it better. But the Kuf has, is balancing on its toes. The Resh also. And the Shin also, in, if you write it in Ashurit, like we have it in the Torah, it's balancing on its toes.
there's no kushtakai shikra loika. It's to teach us that truth will last, will endure, and falsehood will not. Now, we're going to carry on with expounding the Aleph Beis along these lines of a discussion between Hashem and what is good and bad. But we now switch to another way of interpreting the Aleph Beis that's called Atbash. If you take the first letter and the last letter, the Aleph and the Toph, and you take the, ba- the second letter, the Beis, and the second last letter, Shin, or the third letter, Gimel, and the third last letter, um, the, the Reish. So that's it says Atbash Oisi Toiv Aleph Tov stands for if he despises me as have a law will will I desire him? It says by Bash Biloy Khashak if he doesn't desire me, Yochol Shemi Yocholov will I will my name fall on him? Will I give him my name? Obviously not. Gimoresh, Gufa Time if someone um ruins their body. Uh, make their body impure as a virus. Arachem Olov. Will I show mercy on him? Dalad Kuf, the fourth and the fourth last letter. Dalsus Nol, Karnov Laevta. If he locks the door, I, he doesn't want to connect to me. He locks Hashem out of his life. Well, should I not cut off his horns? Should I not destroy him? Ad Kan Midas Rishoim. That's all regarding the Rishoim. And interesting, if you notice, it stops at Hevov. Why does it stop at Hevov? Because Hevov, remember, we learned is the name of Hashem. It says, but regarding Avamira Tzadikim, regarding the Tzadikim, it says, Adbash, Imatoboish, if you are um, bashful, that's Aleph Tov, Beis Shin, Gimoreish Dalet Kuf, what's that? Imatoisekain, if you do that, if you act with humility, Gur Boduk, you will dwell in heaven. There will be a separation between you and Hashem's anger. Um, the Zayin Ayin, we mixing together, and then it says Satan, and the Hay also, the, the Ches, Ches and Hay are interchangeable, and then Samach Tesnun spell out Satan. So the Satan, you don't have to be afraid of the Satan. Yud Mem Kof Lamed. What's Yud Mem Kof Lamed? So that is Omar Sar Shel Gehenem. The Sar Shel Gehenem says, Lifnei HaKadosh Baruch before Hashem. We're at the sixth last line of Kuf Dalet Amud Aleph. 104a says Shashel Gehenim Lifnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Shashel Gehenim says before Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ribonu Shelolam LeYam Kol. Give everything into the sea. I give everything into Gehenim. That's the Yam Kol. Says Omar Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem says to him. And now another type of reading the Aleph Beis where you take every, you you take the letter and you count seven letters. Um, so he says Achas. Botter gif. That's those uh, the Aleph, seven letters. Later is the Ches, add seven letters. Samach, we might call it eight letters. Says, Ani chas No, he says, I have mercy on you because you despised um, adultery, promiscuity, gif. Dalad chof tzadi, dachim heim kanim. They are pure and honest. 
Heim Kanim Heim. Sorry. Dachim Heim. They are pure. Kanim Heim. They are honest. And Tzadikim Heim. They are righteous. Hey Lamed Kuf. Ein Lecho Chelek Chelek. The Hey and the Ches are interchangeable. There's Chelek by him. You have no share in them. Satan goes somewhere else for your food. Umarazin Shis Omar Gehenem Lefono. But Gehenem says, Ribbona Shalolam. Mari, my master, Zonia Mazara shall chase. I want, uh, I want to be sustained from all the descendants of Shays, all of mankind. So Omerle, Bomga, Beis Mem, Gimel Nun Daletsov, Lahechan Oichlin. So Aleph Lamed is Al Bom. You have nothing in them. You have no share in the Jewish people. And Daletsov, Lahechan Oichlin. What Olchin? Where will they go? Legan Hadas to the Garden of Myrtle to Olam Haba. Hey, I in Vov Pei. Again, more ways of reading the Alabes. Omer Gehenem Lef Nei Hakadosh Baruch Hu Ribbonah Shel Olam Oyei Fanoichi. But I'm tired. Zayin Tzadi Ches Kuf Hallelujah Shel Yitzchak. No, these are the descendants of Yitzchak. Tof Reish Yud Shin Chof Tos Chof and Tof Tar. Just wait. Yeshli Kitos Kitos. That's the Chof and the Tof. Kitos, kitos, many groups shall ovey kachovim of those who serve idols, shani noisein loch, which I will give to you. Okay, so very interesting, uh, elaborate daf on the, on the Aleph Bays and some of the meaning of the connection between the letters. In- interesting to note that obviously we went through the order of the Aleph Bays, Kaseder, but then there are other ways of reading the connections to the letters based on um, different permutations of how you connect different letters together. Okay, and obviously we know that Hashem created the world with the Aleph base. So in each letter and all the combinations of the letter is the root of the, of the world. And I think that's what this conversation was about, about the purpose of creation, of being of uh, good versus evil, the righteous and the Rishoyim, doing tshuva, and uh, how Hashem will save us from the, um, from the Satan and Gehenna. Okay, so the new mission at the top of Kuf Dalet Amud Beis is carrying on with the discussion of writing on, on Shabbos. So it says, One who writes two letters. I think that's Behelem Echad in one lapse of awareness. Chayv is liable. I mean, that's pretty obvious to us based on the previous mission, but maybe it's just an introduction to what we are discussing. But I'm not too sure why. This is pretty obvious. We said the minimum shear is two letters, so obviously it has to be done Behelem Echad. In one lapse of awareness. This is kuntum. If you write it with any of these different types of ink, suit-based ink, um, gum-based ink, etc., all of these different types of inks, you would be liable we'll still be liable. We'll be called Roshim, anything that leaves a mark. I'll snake and then a new point. I'll snake Koisle Zobios on two walls that meet on the corner. Uh, you write an Aleph on the north corner, northeast corner, and you write, uh, well, well, that's in the northwest corner, and then on the west, on the, on, sorry, on the, on, the, on the west of the north corner, on the, on the so, so let me rephrase that. If you write two letters at the, where the two walls meet at the corner, so they can be read together as we'll see. Or Valshnei Luchei Pinchos, or on two tablets of the journal. They used to have these journals which were made of lots of little tablets. Kind of, I think, like a ring, uh, a ring binder book. 
and each tablet they used to was covered with wax and they would scrape into the wax. But if you write on two different tablets, and they could be read together, you'd be liable. If they read, one's written on the outside and one's written on the inside and on the, they're on the same level of the page that you join them together, you'd be chayv. If someone writes on his flesh, he's chayv. But if someone scratches into his flesh letters, According to just on the first point, writing on your flesh, even though we know when you write on your skin it's going to fade away, the Gomorrah views that not as if it's writing on a surface that won't last. It's considered a good surface, flesh to write on, except due to the heat of the body, etc. That's the phrase they use at causes it to fade. So that's the same as erasing it. Just because you can write a letter in a Sefer Torah and scratch it out and erase it, doesn't make it not a good letter. Because you might. So so too on the flesh. And then regards to writing on the skin, uh, etching, cu- cutting into the skin, we'll see because that's not the usual way of writing. If you write with different types of liquids or different fruit juice or you write either in, in dust, in sand, or using mud, or with scribes dust, or anything that won't last, potter, you're exempt. If you write with the back of your hand, if you put the pen in your hand upside down, and you write like backwards, oh, sorry, Yodo Baraglo with your foot, Befiv with your mouth, or Mafreko, or with your elbows, all of those cases, as we'll see, will be Potur. Kosov Ois Acha Somuch Lesav, if you add one letter onto other writing. So let's say we've been discussing Shemi Shimon, what happens if you write just one letter on a word that spells out the whole word? So I'm just thinking if you had. Dag fish and you add on a nun, dagan, you now have grain, but it's only one letter that you added on. Or Kosov al Sav, you write overwriting. So let's say you 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 want to make it darker or you want it's fading, so you write overwriting. Or you intended to write a ches and you wrote two zions. Um, a ches is made of in, in the Torah script the ches is made of two zions joined at the top with a Line going across a little crown. So what happens if instead of you wrote two signs, achas ba'aret achas you write one on the ground, one letter on the ground, and one letter on the roof. Kosov al beis koisle habay. So you wrote on two opposite walls of the house. Al shnei dafei pinkas for no game there in there. Or you wrote on two tablets of this journal, but they can't be read together. Or you wrote one at the top of the one tablet and at the bottom of the next tablet, so you would never read them together. Potter in all those cases you exempt for writing on Shabbos. What happens if you write one letter that repre- as an abbreviation that represents a whole word? Rabbi Yeshua ben Beseira Machai, Rabbi Yeshua ben Beseira says you libel and the Chachomim poetry and the Chachomim say you potter. So for example, you write a resh with a little apostrophe which stands for ready. So does, are you chayav? That's the question. Rabbi Yeshua says you are and the Chachomim say you are not. Okay, the Gemara now just explains that at the start of the Mishnah we mentioned a few different types of dyes. So, Diyor, Diyuta, that's a suit based, ash based dye. Some, that's referring to Sama, Sakra, Sikra, Omarabba, Chana, Sikrosa, Shmo, that's some uh, red 
uh, red-based paint, red paint. Uh, it's like a lead-based red paint. And kumus is kuma. Kan kantu, that's gum from a tree. Kan kantum, omar The black used by cobblers. So if that's somehow they to color the shoes black, maybe shoe polish or something like that, but we'll see it later on in a slightly different word. Okay, so those are the different types of dyes that we mentioned, which are permanent. Then we mentioned anything that leaves a mark. What are we coming to include? So to include the following. Rabbi Hanina said as follows. Kosvo, you can write a get b'meit tarya with this juice of a tarya fruit, v'afza or golnut. Kosher, the get is kosher. A get, a divorce document, has to be written with permanent ink on permanent paper. So when our Mishnah comes and says anything that leaves a mark, it's including those inks that we know elsewhere are kosher for writing a get with. Tani Rebichia, further Rebichia taught, Kosvo behavior if you wrote it with lead, Bishkor with suit or Bishikur, or with shoe polish, kosher it is kosher. Um, so again, all of these are things that will leave a mark. They're not in the list of the Mishnah, but they included they kosher for a get. So they also would be what's considered writing with on Shabbos. The Rashba, the, the Rishonim, take it a step further and say, just as by get it has to be written with something permanent on something that's enduring, so to, to write with on Shabbos it has to be enduring. So if you'd write on like a vegetable skin or something like that that won't last at all, then it's not considered writing on Shabbos and you would be potter. Okay, what happens if someone scratches the writing into his skin? Tanya, we learned in a b'risa, Omer lahem rebi, Eliezer lachachomim releze says to the chachomim, v'alo ben sadta hoitzi kshofim mitraim besarche al bosro, but ben sadta took out a whole lot of magic spells out of mitraim by etching them into his skin. They were, what's it, it was contraband. It was forbidden to take spells out of Mitzrayim. You weren't allowed to write them down and take them out. If they caught you in customs, in, uh, if the customs officials caught you, you'd be in serious trouble. Because um, the Mitzrayim didn't want you to take their spells and use them elsewhere. They wanted to have that power. So he etched it into his skin to get them out of, to get some of the spells out of Mitzrayim. So Amr Shoy he's an idiot. Who would cut writing into their skin. So you can't come and tell me something's normal from an idiot, from a fool. I, and therefore, that's what they say. So Rabbi Lezer says, we see that people would do it. When necessary, people would write in their skin. And therefore, if you uh, cut into their skin to write, and therefore, if you do that, you would be liable. The Chachomim come along and say, no, he's a fool, and you can't bring a proof from him. If you... Um, if you write one letter next to other words, Man Tana, who's this Tana? So Amar Baravuna, Rava Baravuna said, the Loika Rebbe Lezer. It's not in line with Rebbe Lezer. It's Rebbe Lezer. Amar Achas Ala Orig Chayev. If you add one um, thread to a woven cloth, you Chayev. I this that we discussed, minimum shiurim, like it has to be two threads or two letters, that's when there's nothing in existence. But when you add to something already in existence, well then that act in itself is significant and you'd be liable. That's according to Rebbe but Al-Tana clearly doesn't hold like that because Al-Tana says if you add to a word, you have an, one letter to a word, you haven't transgressed writing. Kosav al what happens if you rewrite over something? So he says, who's this Tana? Omar This is not in line with Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya, because he taught 
What happens if someone needed to write Hashem's name? They were writing a Sefer Torah, and the next word in the Sefer Torah was Hashem's name, Yudke Vovke. But he, um, that's what he was supposed to write. But he had intent to write Yehuda. And he made a mistake and left out the Dalit. Now what does he do? He's got Hashem's name written there, but he wrote it with intent for the name Yehuda. And the other, and the names of Hashem in the Sefer Torah have to be written, Nishma. So he says, so what does he do? So Mavir Olof Kumus Makacho Divre Rebi Yehuda. Rebi Yehuda says he just goes over it with his quill. Ah, he rewrites over the Yud, the Hey and the Vov and the Hey. Just rewrites over them with his and and with the correct Kavana. The Chachomim, I remember the Chachomim say, Ein Hashem in No, that name is not ideal. What they they're really saying that that's not kosher. You can't just Going over a word that's already there doesn't count as going over a word. So this would be fitting back to our Mishnah. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if you have a word, any word, and you go over it with another ink, with ink again, you wouldn't be liable. You haven't, it's contrary to Rabbi you've written, you've done something. As we see, he holds you can make Hashem's name Kodosh by just going over it. And, but the Chachomim holds you can't. What happens if you write the last letter in a book? Rashi learns it as the Chof Dalad Sifrei of Sforim of Tanakh. It says, Sorry, so if you write one letter in a book, or you weave one thread onto it and complete the garment, you'd be liable. Who's this? Baravuna says, Rabbi Leza, it's Rabbi Leza, the Omar Achas ala Arik Chayev, who says, if you add just one letter onto the Arik, you Chayev. Ravashi Omar, if you do time Rabbonin, he says, no, Ravashi says, you can even say it's Rabbonin, Hashlim Shiny, to complete it is different. If you write the last letter that's necessary in your in the book, in the Sefer, you're doing Sefer Bereshis and you've done every letter except one of them and you go fill that in, you might not be liable for Ksiva, but you're liable for Makiva Patish. The final law. You've done what you need to do. What happens if you take a piece of paper in Tiberi and you write one letter and then you walk to another city, Tiberi, and you write another letter? Chayev, you'd be liable. Ksiva he... It's written, you've got the word, you've got the two letters. You just have to put them together. So you take the one paper from Tiberi and the one paper into Tipori and you bring them together and you have your word. It says, Oh, but we said in the, in the mission, if you write on two walls of the house or you write on two tablets of this journal and they can't be read as one, you potter. So, so to here, you can't read the letters together because one's in Johannesburg and one's in uh, Pretoria. You can't read the two letters together. So, how can you tell me that you chayav, whereas in the Mishnah, if you can't read the two letters together, you potter? says, no. says, no. There, you have to do an action to bring them close. If you wrote two letters, let's, let's say you were writing a Sefer Torah, and you wrote two letters in two different columns. How are you going to bring them together? You're going to have to cut out the parchment in between and move them together and sew it up there. So that's missing an action. Or if you've got two different walls of the house and you've got different letters on them, 
You're going to have to demolish the house and bring those bricks next to each other. You have to do an action. It says there is not considered written together. But here there's no action. All you have to do is put them next to each other. And Tana Higia Ois Achaz Chayev. The Brisa taught if you fix correct one letter, you'd be liable. So that doesn't make sense. If you write one letter, you'd be exempt. And now you're telling me you fix one letter, you Chayev. Rav Shei says it must be a case where you remove the roof of the ches and you make it into two zayins. Remember, as I pointed out earlier, um, a zayin, a ches is made of two zayins next to each other with uh, with the line joining them. So if you, let's say you're supposed to have two zayins, so you remove that ches, that line making it a ches, you now have two letters. So therefore you would be liable. Um, Rava says, no, it can even be where you just remove the jut out of the dalit and make it into a resh. We know what's the difference between a dalit and a resh? A dalit juts out over the leg and a resh is straight. What happens if it's supposed to be a resh and they wrote a dalit? So you just scrape away the jut out. But now there you're clearly not making, you're not writing any letters. So what's pshat there? It's makeba patish. If you have a safer Torah, Rashi, interesting enough, says we know it's forbidden to keep a safer Torah that's not kosher. It's, uh, he brings a positive that says, you're not allowed to have something perverse in your house. If you have a non-kosher safer Torah, you're not allowed to leave it there. You have to fix it. So he says, so if you have a whole safer Torah and all it's got wrong is it's got a dalit instead of a resh, then fixing it is makeba patish and you'd be chayev. Tanin is coming. List of ois achas. Just finished to the two dots. If he intended to write one letter for Olu and he accidentally wrote two, he's liable. Of Potter, but we learned in the Mishnah if you write um, if you only intend to write one letter and you accidentally write two, you're liable. You are exempt, and now we just brought that you're liable. It depends whether it needs the crowns on top of it or not. Some of the letters of the Aleph let me see if I can share that quickly have a crown on them. The crown is little Zions. Um, I'll find it quickly one second. Um, sorry, one second. But basically, these letters have little Zions on top and if it's if when you make it into two letters, the one into two and it has the Zions well, then you finish the two letters and you hide. If it doesn't have those signs and you're still going to have to draw them on, well, then you would be exempt. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.